Okay, guys, guys, guys. Last night, I pooped a podcast. Like a pod, a full podcast? A full podcast. Nearly an hour long. There was Askler in there. A whole podcast right there in the sink. What, what, what did you eat? This is the LoadingReadyRun.com Poopcast for May 9th, 2009. Sounds of pooping. Thank you. <laughs> this is, this is an hour long, folks. So it's, yeah, so yeah. Strap settle in. down. Yeah. We're, we're 20 seconds in. <laughs> Matt, stop that. Thank you, Matt. Matt I- do you actually make sounds like that when you're pooping? <laughs> I, I, I would like to. Don't know. we all? Well, if, if I think I think an hour long pod. Poop cast. You're gonna you're gonna make some funny noises. I guess that's true. Wow. You know that was that was good times, Matt. Thanks for that. Uh, it's yeah. not beneath us, okay? It's it. There's a difference. Yo, with, we are gonna get letters for this. Podcast, there's a difference so. in no, this episode of Hustle. There's a difference between making jokes that are only about poop and the joke being the discussion of poop. But like. I agree with that, but that's not really our place to say. I mean, it's up to them to decide what's what's you know what's highbrow. It's up. It's up to you. And what's unibrow and <laughs> what's underbeard? It's up to you to decide what you think is funny. You may be wrong. Yes, we we have decided already what we think is funny, uh, and that's what you saw in that this video. Yeah. So. That that idea um, of the girlfriends talking about us talking about our poops. That was... Has pre- we, predated Hustle, I'm pretty sure. We were at the Barden Banker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. You were there. Tally and Kathleen were there. Yeah. Were you there? Uh, if Tally was there, you can pretty much assume that I was probably <laughs> there as well. well. You might have Was this late, when, the, when the Barden Banker first opened? Yeah, yeah this yeah, was yeah, actually yeah. open yeah. night and, the uh, Banker, they, which is a great restaurant. There, that band playing Beatles covers. Yes, and they were so loud and so awful. Yeah, and their girlfriends were at the table next to us. Right. Oh, and they wouldn't shut up. Yeah, I remember that now. Okay. Anyway, uh, point being, uh, I, I believe it was, I believe it was originally Tally who brought up that she knows more about, you know, for example, the bowel movements of Jeremy's friends than pretty much anybody else. I mean, she probably knows more about her own than 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 us, but that's beside the point. Uh, she hears more about ours. Yes. And. Uh, this is when we were sort of developing the idea. Like, well, oh, this would be good for an episode of, of that thing that we're thinking about doing where, you know, all, you know, where you and Kathleen and all that are talking about how your boyfriends talk about poop all the time and then you end up just talking about our poop. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So as a result of that, actually, Tally wrote large chunks of the girlfriend's uh, sketches. Or the scenes with the girlfriends, actually. So. Which she was very proud of. Yes. And she, as well she should have been. Was yeah. that... With, with, you know, I was occasionally shouting out suggestions. The use of uh, lots of buckles was my suggestion. I, I did enjoy lots of buckles. Yes. So, um, yeah, so it, it, uh, it, you know, that particular idea has been a long time coming. And, you know, the joke is not her poops lol. You know, the joke is that we talk about poop. And then, uh, not quite to the extent in, in the video, although it's not really a, that much of a stretch. I believe the poop to cue is a real thing. Yeah, Mor- yep. Morgan's 
Morgan is roughly that crude. Morgan, Morgan did legit, that he legitimately pooped a cue. Yeah, he told us he pooped a cue. I believe he took a picture of it. And uh, so I was like, well, that's got to go in because we already had the idea to, be, to finally get the poop joke in. Yeah. Um, what I said to Paul in that video, uh, I believe I said to Matt at one point. And mm-hmm. Matt and yeah. I have come up with various creative ways of telling one another that perhaps we might want to avoid the bathroom for a few minutes. It's, I mean... We do it out of you know we do it out of courtesy to one another yeah. you know that hey you might not want to go in there but you get you get tired of saying hey yeah. you might want not not want to go in there so and we come up with creative ways. The running gag is that we uh, we come up with progressively more creative euphemisms ideally, in our actual day to day life. We do try and come up with the most interesting I, way to phrase yeah, it. Ideally, as obtuse as possible. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, it's it's funny. So there you go. Um, Other stuff in hustle. Yeah, oh, all, all sorts of stuff in Hustle. There uh, were other things in Hustle. It was all poop jokes. It was all poop jokes well, and me and Matt kissing. This was like the largest... Oh, thanks. We'll get that out of the way fast. This was like the largest cast that we've had, I think, in an episode of Hustle. Yeah. Like 18? Also, 18 also people, yeah. 18 minutes long, so hey. there Yeah, it was the longest episode, too. Four more Whew. minutes, and we will be broadcast standard time. Yeah, we should not do that. <laughs> we should try and rein it in next episode. It was, it was fun. The problem with this episode was that we, like... We had scripted it, and it was going to be long. Yeah. But then we kept coming up with gold. funny things Solid to add in. Gold. Like the scene with me and James in bed, for instance, came yeah. up after the fact. Because as I said, nice, as I said on the forums, right, Tally wrote the bit with the line, Matt keeps showing up in James's bad dreams, and then I was trying to, I was making a concerted effort to make this episode more visually interesting than the last one, so I was like, that is a perfect opportunity for a whip-out to show one of James's bad dreams about Matt. My idea but was... I was just going to pull them up and read the actual, what we had on the script. Uh, I remember mine was, um, James walks up and kisses Ashley, and then when he... And then it's and shot from behind, uh, and then when he goes in to kiss Ashley, and then when he pulls his head away, Ashley's head has been replaced with Matt's head. Yeah. So Matt, it was, it was Ashley's head. body, but Matt's head yeah. on Ashley's body. Then uh, when Kathleen went over my my first run and did a, and did a rewrite, she suggested a second option. Which was James comes home and was it he Whips to meets Matt in Matt dressed in like nineteen no, fifties housewife attire, saying like Hi honey, I baked you a pie or something and he has like a pie and yeah. like a butcher knife or something creepy. Oh wait, hold on. I'm not sure if the version you're looking at has that in it. Oh no, you're right. The version that this is a different version of the script. Yeah. All so right. then there was that. And then when we did a read through, I was like, Alright, these are the two sort of options and then James was like, Well, why not combine them and have me come. I think the drag was in there for a little bit longer. The drag? But anyway, you suggested yeah, the kiss. The kiss. I was like, the kiss would be funny. I don't care. I mean, you guys have made way big a deal out of this because it was just a dumb little sight gag. Well, it is but, our first on-screen kiss in a loading ready run video. No, 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 it's, no, no. It's, it's, our, it's our first male to male. Male to male. It's not our first on-screen. No, kiss? Kathleen kissed me in digital love. Oh, oh I guess it was a long time ago. Morgan on the set of kissed in, in, in a yeah. interview or two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure we've had. That it. was my first kiss, and I got to kiss two people. Oh, so pretty yeah, sweet. Nice. But um, yeah, I just I thought it would be hilarious to have the sort of the just the really the swooping circling motion that you see in those really crappy movies of the people kissing. But when it came out the other side, lo and behold, there's Matt. Yeah. So I threw that in. And then I don't remember who... I do who, not recall who suggested the... The, the dream. The, the wake, dream wake-up. The, the wake-ups. And then, and then we decided that we, we've, we've never done a two-tiered wake-up of the same person before. So we were like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, do that. Let, let's do that. And 
Like, the kiss was, like, okay, to me anyway, you know, like, most people in the forums are like, OMG, kissing. To me, the kissing was funny, but what was way funnier, because it was so creepy, was Matt with and James' in bed. My bed. Yeah. Both of you shirtless. Yeah. Uh, he was pantless Matt, at one point, actually, well. yeah. Yeah, I was, was, I was wearing hilarious. pants during that particular shot. So here's, here's, a funny, here's a funny quick story with that one. Um, Matt fucking runs into our room. Which kind of confused me at the first point because you were I, the first one in there. Well, I know, but I was I was playing up the whole like I'm sacking up to do yeah. this. I'm the real professional here. Yeah, exactly. So he strips down like, Let's to what this over with. I assumed was just taking off a shirt because it doesn't matter if we were wearing pants because you weren't going to notice. So we might as well just keep them on. So we all, me, Graham, Ashley. And I believe Michelle, Michelle was there yeah, too. Michelle came there. into the room, and Matt was already in bed, and we could tell that he wasn't wearing any, wasn't wearing, wasn't wearing a shirt. Yeah. And Ashley walked up to the bed and was going to give him a hard time and just sort of peek underneath. Well, Michelle had jumped on top of the covers and was was on the bed with Matt. And then, yes. then oh yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then Ashley pulls up the covers to give him a hard time uh, and sees that he's not wearing pants. Yes. And Michelle is just like, "What?" and but, leaps off the bed, but didn't look far, far enough, enough up to see that I was still wearing boxer shorts. So they, they so they both I thought taking that risk. So they both thought he was nude. Ashley lost it. It was like, so funny. This is all on it. film, by the way. So. Yeah. So, you know, blooper reel. Oh, God. But oh man, buy a DVD and you yeah. too will be able to experience the magic. You have an interim on your collar. He's my friend. Yeah. His name is Joe. Hey, Joe. What's hey up? Joe. Um, hey, he responded. So, yeah, that was fun. Um, I think when when we finished, I don't recall how long ago Jared suggested this, but he had an idea to do an entire episode, an entire episode in black and white, in film noir style. Uh, with Brad as a PI. With Brad as a PI narrating all the stuff that we do. And actually... Only really tangentially showing the rest of us. Well, it, you know, it, the idea would be to, to have it. The story would be about us. Right. But it would all be from Brad's point of view. Yeah. Um, and, and I had this whole weird character design for Brad, where he was sort of a technological luddite and used a typewriter and a notepad and all sorts of stuff, and was very confused by all this talk of the internet and videos and things like that. Yeah. And I was initially like, that sounds really silly. But, like, not silly in the way that we would actually do. So I, was, I sort of was, like, to the idea. Um, then thinking about it, I was like, actually, I really, really like Brad as a film noir P.I. That's where it came from initially. Yeah, it's the yeah. idea that Brad would make the greatest detective. Yeah, it's, it's always, yeah. there was never any question that Brad was going to be the P.I. No. Yeah. yeah, and so when, yeah, it basically sort of, you know, like, it evolved into uh, what you saw there, that, you know, he was sort of following us around and had his little sort of sequences with the narration and everything. And um, uh, that was written before he got that hat. But then I realized he had the hat and was like, oh, I really, really want to do a fourth wall breaking joke about that hat. Because the whole time through, he, he, he has it and it just looks like it's a light brown hat. And then at the end, he puts it on and it's bright red. And uh, I really enjoyed that joke. But, um, but yeah, we had a lot of fun with the... Um, a lot of Brad's voiceovers were written by Kathleen because I was, when I finished the script, I was feeling completely just mentally drained and was like placeholder Brad narration. And Kathleen came back with some with some great stuff, as you probably expected with the line about, um, what was it? Uh, what was the very very first one? 
It wasn't jerking. Oh no, it was the yeah. Uh, a clown and like a, a clown. What it was a it was a masturbation deranged joke. clown beating right yes beating like the deranged like a deranged clown at a peep show deranged lonely circus clown at a peep show. That's a very Kathleen line, I think. Mm. Um. So yeah. So um, what else? Uh, most of what Jeff and Tim do in this episode is seen largely through us discovering it, which I think was kind of a cool way of doing it. Like like they're there, and I I liked that scene, but it was a really a really short, succinct scene. Um, visually, I definitely tried to break up the the style more, but still retaining the over-the-shoulder shots. I really liked how the scene actually with you, Bill, and yeah, I Morgan. That. I really enjoyed how that, that was yeah. how that was uh, how that was shot. You the uh, the Resident Evil Five laser disc dragon. Oh man, game. that that makes me laugh so hard. So and amazing. I am so I'm I'm glad that I think. Two people on the forums were like, "Wow, Dragon's Lair!" And I'm like, "Yes, that's all." Like, I I think I joked at one point, like, "Me and the three people who get this joke will love it." Yeah, but it, mm. and it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. If you've ever seen or played Dragon's Lair, trust me that you know, like, or if you haven't, trust us. That's that's hilarious. If you don't you, if you don't you really have. need to though. It's not a good game. No, it's not. But, but um, it's out for everything. It's not really even a game in the traditional sense. It's out for your DVD player. Yeah, I was watching actually a whole bunch of footage for it, and like it seriously has been released for every system. But it's it with wildly varying quality. Like it was released for the Amiga, and so the background plates were reduced to like ten colors, and all the shots of Dirk the Daring were like sketched over with like a eight color palette, and he's all pixely and horrible. But it's all exactly the same animations. Yeah. If you look at the actual or like original laser disc it's like beautifully hand animated it's just a terrible game well it was I, done by don bluth studios right? exactly i actually had a um it, I, it's I have now been released by the way in on, on hd dvd and blu-ray yeah i have uh dragon slayer and space ace for mac oh wow um just i got them in part as part of a pack of other stuff and uh the only the only actual like you know fun i got out of it was there's a, a code you type in and it just plays all the scenes all in a row like all the deaths and all the yeah. things and every single one and they're, they're very amusing but the actual game is it's like yeah it's not, it's not even, even really a game in the traditional sense it was basically an arcade quarter stealer yeah it was because just, it's it was not just, intuitive it, it's you go into a room and you have you have to push up down left right or sword dependent on what is going on and what you think is the best way of doing it. And if you do it successfully, it plays the animation that gets you out of that room and into the next one. If you do it unsuccessfully, then it plays a death animation and you put another quarter and start again in that room. Uh, but it's so unintuitive. It's like when yeah, I was explaining it's never to Matt, right it's, like, it's like giant creature comes towards you. Okay, you press sword. It whaps the sword out of your hand and it eats you. Like, okay, so you, you try again. You press the direction away from it and it something else falls in front of you and then the thing eats you. No, you have to actually push the direction towards the giant creature and run underneath it and out of the room. It's like there that's were a not of intuitive. Other games based on that idea though. There it was, was Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2 and Space Ace, all of which were done by Don Bluth. There was another one too that came out for the Saturn and the PS2 that was like a haunted house of some sort. I don't remember that one. Um, I remember re- seeing like a strategy guide for it in an issue of Ultra Game Players mm. back in the 90s. Wow. And like you know, like you basically the strategy guide was just a long string of commands, like up, right, right. Yeah, there's no down. there's no strategy. It's just memorizing the right ways. Exactly. To go. Yeah. It's I, I I remember Space Ace especially very distinctly at Johnny Z's. Yeah. 
because uh, there and, and I remember just oh, like the very had Dragon too, the very like, opening like, bit of Space Ace. I remember yeah. just seeing that opening bit so many times because people would try it and die. Yeah, and uh, uh, and it's, I think I think Space Ace was Space Ace was actually a little different in that it wasn't different directions that you push. It was just one button. Oh really? It, it's what what. A light would flash on the screen, and you had to hit the button at the right time. I don't remember that. Right. And it would, but if you, would go. If and you check you, out on YouTube, you can actually watch. There's people who have playthroughs, and it's, it's. I think the entire thing is like 10 or 12 minutes or something. It might only be like 9 minutes for the whole thing, and you can watch the whole entire thing. And the absolutely thick-headed Princess Daphne, who, like, you meet her, and she seriously is... Like, she's being held prisoner by a dragon who's kicking your ass, and she's... She she acts like there's nothing wrong happening. She's like, to slay the dragon, you'll need to use the magic sword. It's like, are you pleasuring yourself in there? <laughs> you you don't sound phased by this. The the best version of Dragon Flare I think I have ever seen, or the one that I I find most most interesting, is the Game Boy Color one. Oh wow, that because must be awful. Game Boy Color was a, an amazing system because people decided for for whatever reason, hey. This is, you know, this old system that Nintendo has made a little tiny bit better by giving it color after it's been out for 10 years and it was already dated when it came out, right? Yeah. So, they're trying to, sh- they, people basically ported everything they could to it. So, there's like a really impressive Metal Gear game on it. There's a really impressive uh, port of Mega Man, like the first Mega Man X on it. Yeah. There's Alone in the Dark on it, which runs in like some crazy thousands of color mode. Um, yeah, so I, I remember that. That Game Boy Color only has 256. It was a crazy hack. It was a hack that allowed you to to actually display full SVGA color on on, wow, that's really neat. on on the Game Boy Color, and you could have like one thing moving on screen at once. But that's that's it. There was like a full on port of Street Fighter Alpha. There was a port of Resident Evil that never came out. Resident it's, Evil One. Yeah. Now I remember. I think there was a Dragon's Lair for Super Nintendo. Yep. But the, it wasn't the same type of game. No, no. It, was, no, it, was it was a side scroller. Yeah, it was a side scroller. Yeah, it was like a totally different game. Totally, totally no, different game. It was a shitty side scroller. Yeah. But the one was, for Game Boy Color, they basically tried to recreate the arcade game by, oh, so the, by yeah. using a background plate and then using sprites for anything that moved around. Yeah. But like the Game Boy Color had some really impressive stuff, like wacky races on the Game Boy Color. Which, uh, I remember that. Yeah. Unless you were like me and reviewing Game Boy Color games at that point, you probably never played. Um, I should mention that's how I first found out about Dragon's Lair, as I was reviewing the, quote, PS2 games, Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2, and Space Ace, which were actually just DVDs. They were literally, you could play them in a DVD player, just with the up, down, left, right, enter. Yeah. But they, they'd been branded as PS2 games, because the PS2 was also a DVD player. They reviewed very poorly as PS2 games. But, uh, yeah, the, the first Game Boy Color game I ever reviewed during that period, when Graham and Matt and I were all reviewing video games, um, was a... Uh, was was uh, Wacky Races, and they, they used... The Game Boy Color could handle really simple full-motion video. So for the tracks, it was like a Mario Kart-style racing game, but they used full-motion video for the tracks, and then you would just move your, your carts around, like, you know, on the oh, screen. Oh, neat. On, so on, it's right more, more than just Mode 7. Right. It wasn't even Mode... Like, it wasn't rendering anything. It was just playing full-motion video for the road underneath the other stuff that you were oh, doing. Like, it was really, really clever. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that was coming out on Game Boy Color at that time, which was awesome. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. People just 
Sort of use the so we got kind of off track there. Yeah. But but before we get back on track, conversely, what was another Game Boy Color game you reviewed? Titus the fucking Fox. <laughs> and uh, and how did you take it out of your uh, your Game Boy Advance? I had to use a, I had to use chopsticks to take it out of my Game Boy Color for fear of sullying my body with the horrible noxious fumes uh, that came off does, the game. That does, does that uh, bring us to what we're playing now? Or? No, 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 we got we, we, we got more to talk about for hustle, okay. yeah. Uh, that was actually the the reviews of Dragon's Lair was the only time that our editor uh, questioned that maybe I w- might want to think about it because I reviewed them so poorly. Yeah. And I like I I maybe bumped one of them up by a point. But anyway, it's the the whole roundabout joke of that is that originally when they were playing an arcade, they were laserdisc games because DVDs weren't around at the time, and the only way to get random access data on a like on a disc like that and play high enough resolution animation that you could just randomly you know you could play this scene and then jump to this scene or this scene was with a laser disc so it was like really a big deal at the time and so when paul turns resident evil 5 into a laser disc it apparently also turns into <laughs> dragon's lair so because <laughs> you, you might go. as well you might as well um so uh i think i was talking about like the visual style see the, the issue with the last episode episode seven is that it was mostly just conversations between two people that was it. Like, the whole episode was just two people talking. Right. Like, different two people every scene. But that's why, you know, this one allowed for a lot more interesting stuff. And some really cool dolly shots, like the big one following Brad at the beginning, zooming. Most of Brad's shots, I think, had some sort of jib or dolly movement, which I thought was pretty interesting. That was actually, there was some really impressive, crazy shit that we were doing at various points as well. Oh, yeah. Like, the first scene where you come in with Brad yeah. um, involved something, like, it involved dollying sideways while the camera was rotating or no it was the camera tipped up and then followed you sideways that we and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do it because it the very very first bit with me and Brett yeah it's uh, it was a jib shot yeah we we used the we we actually used the jib as sort of like a dolly yeah which was kind of an interesting way of doing it but I think it worked pretty well Mm -hmm. um and uh, and the scene where uh, over at your parents place where the the mic the boom mic that I bring into shot is also the boom mic that we are using. Yes. Yeah. Which we, which which we now, that also did in the video just a couple of days earlier. That was well. a that was a throwback, of course, to the aftermath, which is still on which is still on the site. The funny thing being actually, uh, is that Paul's part in the app in, in when we we're doing the sort of the callback to it in the original video was played by Jeff. It was actually the only video he was in yeah. before Skeletor's Dick, I think. Which was just kind of funny. It was Jeff and, and uh, Connor doing a phenomenal job of not acting well. You, you know what? Actually, Jeff Jeff's acting in the aftermath, I think, was is solid. Pretty, is pretty good. No, no, it was Connor that sucked. Oh, yeah, good. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I have always no, thought of Jeff's no. performance in the aftermath is really good. And that's why we asked him to be the to to have the part that he does in Hustle. Yeah, he he auditioned, um, but two years previously. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, you if you go and actually watch the episode, you'll be able to see. But how close we made that to the original. I mean, we're in the same shirt that you can barely... T- and, like, playing with my terrible chin pubes, even though I don't have it anymore. And it's, like, word for word the same. Even though the dialogue in the original is a little awkward, it's basically exactly exactly the same. Yeah. I like the fact that people picked up on the fact that we were using the mic yeah. for that scene, even was- though it was on camera. Despite the fact that we did it in the kitchen scene of... The previous video as well. Oh, has this ever I'm, happened to you? Yeah, because I was holding the boom, yeah. and then we cut the scene, and I brought the boom down, and we were using that to record we all the audio for the remainder of that scene yeah. while I was dicking with the transplants. camera. Yeah, did that yeah. in transplants as well? The, um, uh, it's kind of our thing. The scene, uh, the 
the other bit that I wrote what was the um, the uh, taking back the positive side of the language. Yes. Which I wrote so good. on a whim for Matt and Morgan to be inserted somewhere into some episode. Yeah, and I really wanted to get it in there before Morgan left because he has. You'll note he's not here. He has legitimately started his 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 excursions. Trades um, across the continent. Yeah, so uh, it was... Uh, His faff about the continent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I'm, I, yeah, I really, really like that whole uh, positives Except of language. you bit. added the, the killer line at the end. Oh, the vincible. Uh, the vincible balls. <laughs> I enjoy that one a lot. Because that also sounds like something Morgan would do. Yes. So I was glad that you wrote that. And something else awesome in this episode was um, the payoff, as it was always intended to happen for Adam camping out for yes. Diablo. When James originally came up with that idea, that was always the going to be the intended payoff, that James leaves for some reason, and then Adam gets invited to the Diablo beta, which was awesome. And our friend Woody from... Right. Runaway Box? The, yeah, from, no, from the... Uh, primarily from the Elevator show at this point. Oh, okay. Um, which is... Uh, He's working on another series, though. Is he? Yeah. He keeps on talking about her on his Twitter yeah, constantly, so... I don't oh. know what it is, though. Oh, okay. He hasn't said anything. Well, I know that he does, like... Secret. I know that he reviews episodes of Gossip Girl. Yes, yes. I know that. Which Did, is weird. I've never read them. Are they serious? Oh, yeah. He loved, He legitimately loves that show. Really? That's yeah. unfortunate for him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but he did a great job. He recorded those, obviously, himself. I believe he's... You know, Big Shot lives in L.A. still, I think. Yeah. And so he uh, he recorded those and uh, sent those over. But I, I really, really enjoyed what he did. Yeah. What do and, you mean I'm a douche? Yeah, what do you mean I'm a douche? Oh, that was just him ad-libbing it. Yeah. As was the bit after the credits, which I thought was great. Um, and uh, it was, I realized it might have been a little... Like, it was it was well-established within the episodes. It didn't really matter. But it Ashley and Michelle have never been established as characters before. So yeah. I was like, who are they? Like, you know, who are they? What's going on here? And so that was kind of interesting. But uh, some nice dolly shots in that scene as well, coming in and coming out. Hooray. As well, which was nice. So, yeah. yeah. If, if we ever need, like, random women for, you know, stuff in Hustle, like female, you know, walk on female characters. Yeah, we're screwed for role. that now. Because we've used pretty much all the women we know. Yeah. Yeah, it's poorly thought out. Yeah. That's what we got that wig for. Mm, mm. Exactly. Yes. Uh, which brings us to what we're playing now. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> a weird... I don't know. Weird, I was just yeah. trying to make the strangest segue I could. Tony, Hawk, Tony Hawk's Extreme Wig Wear. I don't have anything else to add for Hustle, I don't think. Anybody else? Uh, la, 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 la. No, let's just move on to what we're playing now. Okay, I'm sure we've talked about it for plenty of time. Uh, we, we're half an hour in almost. Jesus, so, we got to go get food before we watch Star Trek. So. I know, so keep this fairly short. So, right. Matt, what are you playing? Uh, I have just recently uh, procured a copy of Dynasty Warriors Gundam, which I have put in my Xbox and created a save file for, but not as yet managed to actually start playing. I've so tried on, not two, separate, worth mentioning. <laughs> two, on two separate occasions, <laughs> attempted to start the first level, and both times been called away from it before I've had a chance to actually take control of a Gundam. Well, um, you knew we were going to start recording oh, the podcast any second. Um, and uh, I have also been rather uh, game-beating of late. I've beaten Resident Evil 5 recently. I don't remember if I did that before or after the last podcast. Yeah, no, you, no, you mentioned um, that. I beat uh, Fable 1 this week. Oh, you did You did go back and do I that. I did. I went back yeah. and finished the final boss fight. Um, and uh, I'm raiding Ulduar and have two pieces of gear. Hooray! Paul? I got nothing. I'm not playing. I, I actually have not like played any video games this week for some reason. Huh, man, you know, I've just been busy doing other stuff. Yeah, I've been playing more than enough games for both of us, Paul. Get on that, bastard! I don't think it works that way. Mm. It's, I don't think I get the enjoyment that you get. You know, when you're, unless we have some kind of. No, but I'm getting, I'm getting doubly joy. 
But that so, doesn't help me at all. Well, that's your problem. Take back your joy from him, Paul. Yeah. He's stealing your joy. I need to get some vicarious joy out of it. Yeah. Care. Um, you know what? Honestly, I really still have not been playing anything new that you haven't heard about. I've been playing a lot more Final Fantasy XII. Like, tons of Final Fantasy XII. And I am loving it. Uh, I think I talked before about the economy and how I feel like it, it requires a lot of grinding every time you do a story event. Like, suddenly all this new equipment opens up and you need to grind for ages to be able to buy all of it. I, d- I didn't encounter that. Really? I, I, just, I mean, I just, maybe a little bit. I certainly didn't have to grind for ages. Yeah, well, I think I only upgraded, like, every other plot event. So it was... I, did, I did a lot of hunts, though. And No, but this is the thing. So what, I, what ends hunts up happening... Are, hunts start getting really hard. What, what ends up happening is I... Um, I'll do a story event. All the equipment will get better in the store. So I'll be like, okay, I need to get all this equipment before I do any more hunts. So I'll go and grind for a while, get everyone the best equipment they can get, buy all the new techs, buy all the new magic. Then I'll start doing hunts. And, you know, I'll, so I'll do the five or six, or, you know, five or six hunts I have access to at that point. And typically by finding the correct order to do them, I will basically finish all of them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so, you know, six hours after this previous story event... I'll move on to the next one. So I've just hit like 50 hours in Final Fantasy XII. Crazy. And I'm not even halfway through that game. No. You get to a point. Maybe you should change your strategy. (laughs) You get to a point where you start absolutely rocking the hunts sideways. Like they aren't even a challenge anymore. It's like, oh, hello. Wham. Yeah. And then some don't appear for a little while. Yeah. And the next time they appear, they rape your face off. That's basically what's been sort of happening. But also. Have you fought the swordsman? No, I haven't fought the swordsman. Coolest hunt ever. I I will say nothing more. I I just fought. What's his name? Uh, Ultros? No, the the uh, the squid guy from Final Fantasy VI. Mm. Ultros. It is Ultros. Yeah. Yeah. Who and the, those were those were interesting. Are, hunts, are a lot of the hunts guys from other Final Fantasy? Games? No, but some of them pay pay homage. Uh, but uh, the the swordsman definitely pays homage. The, the big. Um, the big turning point was getting haste. As soon as I got the oh. haste, as soon as I got haste, everything becomes easier with haste. Oh, so good! Auto auto cast. Yes, like, exactly. Auto cast on everyone all the time. Highest priority. Always, always, always. Yes. Um, I've been playing a couple different things. I got the Chronicles of Riddick: Assault on Dark Athena, which uh, for two reasons. One, I'm always up for more Vin Diesel and more Riddick. And um, who isn't? It's true. And I played a little bit of Escape from Butcher Bay on Paul's computer like years ago because it came out 2004, 2005, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, they've remastered it for 360, and it looks very pretty. Uh, now all HD for 360, and that's so I'm I'm currently playing through Escape from Butcher Bay, and then I will play Assault on Dark Athena, and uh, it it is still uh, a uh, awesomely made game, so that's Butcher fun. Butcher Bay came out before Half Life Two. Yeah, it did. Which is crazy. Yeah, it is. But it was it, it was really really good, and exhibits in it, so that's fun. He plays one of the uh, one of the um, uh, main prison guards, uh, and I just downloaded Broken Steel. Uh, for the Fallout 3 expansion and have played it enough that uh, like I've played absolutely no part of the new content. I actually, my save file was just before completing the pit, which is good because I got I got 125 experience I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Then I opened two hard locks and got 120 experience that way, so that's always fun. But now I'm back to earning experience, which is super dope, so I'll be playing more of Fallout 3. Apparently the leveling is really slow. Oh, I bet, because leveling, level, like level like 18 to 20 was was hard, and I was doing quests. And th- the problem with this is that I've done 
the pit and Operation Anchorage. And so there's three quests there. I'm missing out. There are three, four, five, five. There's like five or six quests that I just lost the experience for doing because I didn't. Oh, it, does, it doesn't carry over. No. no. If you complete the quest when you're not gaining experience, you don't gain the experience uh-huh. for it. Well, so. remind me not to play any of the non... You haven't. <laughs> I know, so I will just download them all at once. Yeah, download all three, and then do Apparition Anchorage in the or, And or set it to very get... hard mode to get extra XP. And I will probably just get the Game of the Year edition at the end of next year. Yes, actually... That will be the game Bethesda releases that year. Setting it to very hard mode might not be a good idea, because one of the other things of downloading Broken Steel is that the Wasteland, in general, becomes more challenging. Mm. So... And so, ha-ha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. Fag. James? Uh, I started playing Kingdom Hearts. Really? all the talk of Tally playing it. Really? She still talks about playing it <laughs> at great length while she's playing it. <laughs> I can't do anything else while she is playing that game because <laughs> she is talking about playing it constantly. Um, if you're not enjoying it, I might have to choke a bitch. I'm, I am enjoying it. Uh, I have my issues. Uh, is it mostly with the camera angles? Because that's the one issue. The camera angles. Uh, the ca- I got used to the camera angles pretty quick. There's. I don't have anything wrong with the one. The, the one issue Matt angles. will allow you. Matt to will have allow with this me game. to have with it. it. I like Kingdom Hearts a lot. So there's a lot of. It, it's, it, there's a lot of guessing in that game. I've noticed. Oh, what, where are you now? What level I, are you on? Uh, what was the last zone you completed? The one after Wonderland. What's after that? Oh, your Aladdin stuff? No, yeah, that's, no that's later, that's later on. Because um, Duncan was talking to me about it. I went to Wonderland, and then I went to the arena thing. Are you playing like, Duncan's copy of Kingdom Hearts? Like the one he like, has? Yeah. Yes. That's mine. Oh, really? <laughs> I have his Final Fantasy X. Oh, nice. I think we traded eight years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I want it back at some point. And then, so I went back to... So, yeah, you go yeah. from... The whatever the the town that I can't remember the name of right now. I haven't played for like a week now. Yeah, you, you go Alice in Wonderland and then you go uh, the arena. Then you go to the arena and then where do you go? Because that's uh, where I just finished. I don't. Really wow, I've already forgotten. Oh, Tarzan. Thank Tarzan. You. Yes. Tarzan. Um, after that point in the game, it gets way more straightforward. Partly because a you now have a grasp of what the levels look like and how yeah. they, how they work. Um, and B, they are a little less obtuse. Tarzan is particularly bad for that. Um, like yeah, that is really, yeah. that is far and away the worst one for figuring out where to go next. Yeah. Once you're done that, it's yelling at that one for a while. It yeah. just yeah. It's just Once like, you're done that one, it's smooth sailing. You'll cool. figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to that. I, um, I had to go to a walkthrough for the Tarzan level. I, did you? I was not able to do it without help. I think Telly is, is at the really, point where and that, that wasn't something that you would put forward as something bad about the game? No. That you couldn't complete a level without making <laughs> it the walkthrough because it didn't make any sense? Only the camera angles, Paul. Only the Only camera angles. angles. I think I've realized, though, like, Telly is playing Kingdom Hearts with a walkthrough right there open on her computer next to her. Oh, yeah. Right? And she's not consulting it all the time. She's only consulting it when she gets stuck. But, I, like, I remember when I was learning to play video games in elementary school, and I would have fucking Nintendo Power open next to me the entire time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... We all think that we're hot shots at playing video games, but most people who are playing games ha- started by using walkthroughs as crutches to help them along. Yep. I remember, and however, Joe, that you would you went through a phase where you would uh, open the game up and flat refuse to even read the manual because you thought that that was too much cheating. I yeah. This was a brief phase. Yeah, but it was weird. Reading the I, manual I would, was cheating. Uh, it was. It was. It was. It was. 
external help than just what the game itself is providing you. Yeah. And, that, and that was too much. There's a certain purity in that. I like that, yeah. The manual, though. Yeah. yeah, which tells you just how to control the character. This was brief, though. Yeah. Um, well, but not, if you, not in Metal Gear Solid 2. That, that, then it's a spoiler. Yeah. Apparently yeah. there's a helicopter going by. Yes. Um, but uh, with regard to Kingdom Hearts, the first Kingdom Hearts game is laid out so differently. Like, its level layouts are so different from any other game that I had played to, to that point that it pretty much necessitated looking at a walkthrough just for the first couple of levels to figure out what the hell I was supposed to do. What about number two? What's it like? Uh, two is two is the same. Like, it, it's the same kind of thing. The levels are a little... Is two are, better than one? Uh, I thought they... I... They are both good for different, slightly different reasons. Um, they're both equally fucking amazingly gorgeous to look at, though, for a PS2 game. For a PS2 game, yes. Um, but uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is way prettier than Kingdom Hearts 1. They're both amazing for PS2 games. Um, but uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 had the issue of the training level. Um, the training level is... And some of the plot of Kingdom Hearts 2 is largely based on the idea that you've played Chain of Memories in the Game Boy Advance um, to find out about this secret shadowy organization that pops up in the background that you don't really find out about in Kingdom Hearts 1 at all, but is already present in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, so there were some issues with figuring out the plot, so, but it, it, it comes together towards the end. So Tally has said that she is enjoying Kingdom Hearts enough that she might want to play number 2. Um... When she gets there. She's on Monstro right now. I don't know how far along that is. That's the Pinocchio level? Yeah. Two-thirds? Three-quarters? Oh, really? The last level is Peter Pan before oh. the the final. Like, the last Disney-themed level is Peter Pan, mm-hmm. and then there's Other one stuff. more level. Gotcha. Well, I mean, she so she's she's on the Pinocchio level, and she's enjoying it. So if, if she wants to continue after that, should I invest in... RE Chain of Memories on the PS2, which is the, the PS2 remake of Chain of Memories, or Kingdom Hearts 2. What uh, is the next step? I would probably go Kingdom Hearts 2. Just go straight into Kingdom Hearts 2. I have RE Chain of Memories, but I actually haven't played it yet, so I don't know how it plays. Because so Chain of Memories is it. impossible to get. It is. Now. Um, but the storyline is the same between yeah. RE Chain of Memories and, and the original. So, um, if... If she wants the full story, go read Ari. Um, if not, like if she wants to just sort of try and figure things out and let the game do its thing, um, then just go straight for Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, Kingdom Hearts 2 is more of the same, just with better, slightly more power-ups and a little more to do in the battle system. So All right, let's move along from Kingdom Hearts. Yep. All right. Okay, Askler? Askler. Cool, bring just, it. Just, yeah. What? Just a couple. We yeah, because yeah, we should definitely... We've got two hours till the movie starts and we yeah, want to be there. Be yeah. Nice and early. Yeah. If you were to be treated by Dr. House, what would your first symptom in the cold operating scene... Wait. First symptom in the cold opening scene, plus what would you be the end diagnosis? Don't cheat. Is, is it lupus? It's not lupus. I, I was going to say, what's the first symptom you come down with when you've got lupus? <laughs> yeah. uh, shrieking explosive diarrhea. Sure, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. That's a pretty short diagnostic thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's fatal. But <laughs> yeah, in a very short period of time, too. It's like... Boom! <laughs> and that house walks in like, well, he's dead. Yeah. Huh. I like this follow-up, or the, the next question this guy asks. Now that you're reading this in the future, is there something crazy between now, February 1st, and between now and which happened that nobody else would have laid a bet on? Like, has something happened between February 1st and now that you never would have guessed? Like, Mexican 
caught a flu from pig. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really. I, I would have laid bet on that though. Like that's happened too many times now. So that a Mexican well. pig together <laughs> would create a flu pandemic that would shock the world. I don't know. Mm. I uh, I would not have laid a bet. Here you completing no, no. a video game uh, t- tangentially related to Jer's original one. Two I, video games. I would not have laid a bet. That the only pig known to exist in Afghanistan <laughs> would end up in quarantine yes. before the end of the year. Yes, that's true. And, and for no reason other than the fact other that than... people were afraid of it. But he's a, he's a zoo animal, and he's the only known pig in yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah. Isn't, isn't the fact that there is only one pig mean that he's just always in quarantine, just by <laughs> default? No, 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 like quarantine from public viewing. Oh, I see. Because people were afraid of him. I would... Swine flu is passed by sight. <laughs> I, would not, I would not have and, laid a bet that fast and Furious would have the biggest opening weekend of 2009. Oh, God, that's, that's unfortunate. I would not, no way I would have guessed that. Really? Yeah. Wolverine's still beat beating Star Trek. Oh, Star, Star Trek isn't even going to beat Wolverine. Really? Which is really depressing. Oh. It's, everyone loves it so much, though. But it's, yeah, but people don't go see good movies. It is, it is already, it is going to be the biggest opening Star Trek movie. Yes, yes. it will be the biggest opening Star it'll Trek. Do, it, I think it'll stick around for a lot longer than Wolverine, though. Like, it, like it's set, once, like yeah. once, like once people are like, no, seriously, it's actually good. But I don't like Star Trek. No, seriously, go see it. I think its second weekend will be very strong as well. Really, mm-hmm. I think, but I think Wolverine is going to have a giant drop this weekend as, when, as after people, people realize are like, it's like <laughs> oh, it already has. It's had like a seventy-five percent drop. Huh. So, since it will be a few months before you get to this, February first, <laughs> what do you think of how Viking Secret Wildcard Poker has evolved thus far? And do you have any predictions for the future of the game? It looks awesome so far. I really want to see an actual game of it. Yeah, the the point. form game that um, that people are doing seems like a cool idea. Are they, oh, is that actually going ahead? I think so. Sweet. It seems to be going along. I don't understand it, but uh, yeah, that's part of the, that's part of the point, though. So yeah. that's fine. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think uh, Viking Secret. It's I think Viking, it's possible that Viking Secret Wildcard Poker is not playable in, like, it's not practical in the real world, which would kind of make me sad, but I, I, think would, not, I would not be that surprised if it wasn't actually workable. I, I think I don't know. I think it's less complex than cricket. Mm, Cricket's we, pretty messy. <laughs> I, have you seen the wiki page for Viking Secret Wildcard Poker? I still think it's less complex than cricket. Uh, well, someone, wait a couple weeks. Okay, someone needs to fit in a leg before wicket rule into Viking Secret Wildcard Just Poker. Just so we can one-up cricket? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I... There's no reason why cricket gear cannot feature somehow in Viking Secret Wildcard <laughs> yeah, That's enough. the brilliance of Viking Secret Wildcard Poker. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, I have looked at the land of Lur through Google Maps... Uh, retracting your journeys to Nanaimo, and I'm confused. Why are there six Nanaimos? You have Nanaimo, and then you have Nanaimo B, C, D, E, and F. Is there some reason for this that you know what? of, or is it just to confuse it's, tourists? Huh? I think it's just to confuse tourists. There must tourists. be something weird on Google Maps. It, it is yeah. thing on There's Google only one Maps. place called Nanaimo. Nanaimo. It's, it, in case Nanaimo that cannot fulfill its duties, we have a backup for Nanaimo. For some reason, though, Nanaimo is the most covered oh, yeah. city on Google, Google Maps. Nanaimo is like the Google, the Google Maps capital, capital or something. Yeah. yeah, so that's probably some screw-up to do with that, that they've been like just mapped so heavily. And, mm-hmm. I don't Why know. is that? I, that's just the, the just same one thing they things. picked up. Yeah. Um, Nanaimo is geographically really goddamn big, though. Oh, it is. Um, it's huge. It's, it's so it's, spread it's out. Probably ge- it's like like geographically, it's probably bigger, bigger than Victoria with 
with a, like, one fifth I, the population. It's like if you yeah. stepped yeah. on a bug and smeared it in a line <laughs> down, you know, the floor or whatever. That's what Nanaimo basically looks like. Yeah, it, it stretches. I like that image. It yeah. stretches along it's the coast, good. but does not go very deep inland. No. So it's it's a very very long narrow city. Yeah. All right. In your travels around Victoria Island, you mean Vancouver Island, Vancouver Island, how many of the surrounding islands have you been to? I have been to Salt Spring, yep, been there. Pender, yep, been there. and Galliano. Yep, been there. I believe I've been to Denman. I've been there. Um, I've, been there. I've been to Denman. I've been to Gabriola. Yep. I've yep. been to Newcastle and Protection Islands. I've been to Gabriola. I've not been to Newcastle or Protection. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. They're neat little provincial yeah. parks. I've been to Texada, which Everyone's is been to Sydney Island. further up. Um, I've been to Jimmy Chicken. That so does not count. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a rock in the bay. Cortez. <laughs> Cort- yeah, I haven't been to Cortez. I've been to Cortez. Um, oh, really? There, what's the, there's the one that starts with an S. Uh, um, I'm not sure. There's Saturna? Saturna. Yeah, Saturna. Yeah. There's Orcas. I've never been there. There's... Is there Quadra? Yeah, there's Quadra Islands. Yeah, I haven't really done the, uh, the Gulf Islands at all, just the ones around yeah. the island. It's basically, like, Salt Spring Salt Spring is by far the biggest. Yeah, Salt Spring is the and biggest. And then I think it's Galliano. Yeah. And then basically all the others are not, like, they all... Yeah, the, all I've been to those two and Gabriola and Pender and... Yeah, but, but then, but it's like, those two are actually, like, big enough to be... To support two, towns. The yeah. other ones are Whereas just Whereas the other ones have, like, have, like, one store. They're hippie communes with well, bed are, breakfasts yeah, all around. towns, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's like, it's like a crossroads with... Well, Gabriola? With like four uh, Kathleen and I spent a weekend at Gabriola. There's, there's like... A small collection of stores at, at one end, and then like a marina and a restaurant and a pub at the other end of the island. And that, that's it. There's a ferry that goes from there uh, to Nanaimo, and immediately beside the ferry dock is like a Save on Foods, a London Drugs. A There's a whole mall just, right next to that. Yeah, but it's like basically what happens is people get off the ferry, buy everything, get back on the ferry, and then just chill for two weeks on the island making pottery. Yep. I love the fact that, like, Gabriel Island, you've got all those stores at the one end, you've got the pub and the restaurant at the other end, and basically all there is between them is a road down one side of the island and another road back down the other side of yeah, the island. Yeah, with nothing with on nothing it. There's, there's, there's literally almost nothing on the road. There are driveways away from it, but I... There's like maybe two buildings Yeah, all you can see is trees in, yeah. it, like, in all directions. Which it actually feels very weird. You can do donuts. Yeah. Uh, the, the and and good for murder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know no one's around. So. True. True. Um, my my stepdad has a place on Demon Island, and uh, when I was there for a family reunion get together thing last year, I convinced my little cousins to go to the Denman Island Museum with me. Um, that was a bit of a mistake. There's a museum on Gabriola too. We did not attend. Yeah. It, it, it's it's open like four hours a day <laughs> from like one to five p.m. Yeah. And it's all, like, weird taxidermy and shit in jars with formaldehyde that people have hauled out of the water. There's, some, it, there's actually some really interesting First Nations artifacts in there, like in display cases and things like that. But for the most part, it is some dude's private collection of crap that he found around the island. <laughs> oh, I've been to Laskiti. Haha. No, that's true. There's another one. Did you actually, ever go there? No. No. There's actually an amazing beach on Gabriel Island, I just remembered. It's mostly rocky, but the way that the sandstone has been carved out by the water is really, really awesome. That's and there's cool. a really awesome restaurant by that beach, I just remembered. Yeah. The one of the two restaurants on Gabriel Island. Another thing with the Gulf Islands is uh, celebrities love those places. Yes. Oh, yeah. Surprised like, uh, at how many people and, live over and, there. And like Salt Spring is basically Salt Spring, like, exactly. you can't like, throw a rock without hitting a celebrity. Like, doesn't yeah. like, doesn't uh, Paul Allen from Microsoft own like 
three quarters of one of the golf uh, pretty much yeah uh, bill gates um, was trying tried to buy a whole chunk of salt spring yeah but they didn't allow they it. didn't allow it <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of uh, musicians from like the 60s and 70s lived there Raffy. <laughs> my uh my, um, my my parents actually have a cabin on salt spring that is just down the road from randy bachman's yep. place. Uh, yeah yeah i've been there actually yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Robin Williams. There was talk that Robin Williams had some some place over. Sure he does, yeah. yeah, I think he does, but I don't know if that's true or not. Um, if you had to be, uh, we'll do these two, and then we'll take off. Cool. If you had to be one or the other, would you choose to be a cyborg or genetically enhanced, and why? Oh, genetically mm-hmm. enhanced. Genetically yeah, enhanced. Genetically that, enhanced. That way, you don't have all the big metal stuff. Less yeah. maintenance. Yeah. yeah. It comes down to and it. and yeah, you're gonna have to be like oil can and. As as Paul and I were discussing, I think a couple weeks ago, we can get our eyes augmented so we can wear sunglasses on night ops. Exactly. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the um, only problem is then that people who are cyborgs would be resentful towards you. My my question yeah, but, is, you know, the fucking toasters can handle it themselves. Hey, my, my question here, yeah, so I won't have a uh, uh, racial epithet in, uh, in this podcast. podcast. Um, I've never seen an episode of that show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the real question here is, are we talking cyborgs that can live as... Like, are we talking Terminator cyborgs, or are we talking uh, sort of standard definition of cyborg? Like... The Borg. Like, the Borg, for instance. Can we survive as cyborgs without our organic components? Mm, I think I, I think either way. I mean, depending... I mean, if any... Like, if we're talking about the same capabilities, just how do you want them delivered? Well, the thing is, genetically enhanced is obviously. When you say genetically enhanced, I'm thinking like Captain America. Yeah. Well, yeah, but when I when I think cyborg, I think since the reference there. If I uh, Deus Ex is actually nano machines. It's not genetically enhanced. But when I think cyborg, I think oh, my arm's been blown off. I'll just attach a new one and grow skin over it. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I am a robot. I can put my arm back back on. You cannot. So play safe. (laughs) Yes. All right, moving on. One last question, and it actually ties in quite nicely with what we're going to do next. What are your favorite places to eat in Victoria? Uh, White Spot's a big one. Oh, uh, that's more <laughs> convenient. White yeah. Spot is not really great uh, food. It's the, tasty. Uh, yeah, no, if, it's you're, if you're ever it's, in Victoria... It's good, it's good food there. The uh, undis- yeah, undisputed best place for breakfast in Victoria is Floyd's. Yeah. Uh, pretty much no argument but from anybody I think on that a one. a lot of people who are fans of the Blue Fox might or argue. Uh, Blue Fox was Blue a letdown. Okay. Sorry, Blue Fox was the, good, but it was a letdown. Blue Fox, yeah, I've never been. The problem, I'm problem not willing the, to stand yeah, in line. The problem with the Blue Fox is there's, they have like six tables. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's like Floyd's would be. It's just as popular as Floyd's is, except... They, they, can't they have, ha- they have half the space and twice as many people, and so it's and no Mahoney. If you want a and no Mahoney, yeah. If you want a not entirely economical but really awesome uh, pub style fare, we have uh, three places all owned by the same guy, which is the Irish Times, the Penny Farthing, and the Barton Banker. Barton Banker's awesome, and, and they're, they're all really really good yeah. food. I think I think probably the Barton good, Banker is the best. Good beer selection. And all Irish that. Times is also. I don't know. Last, best, so was the Penny after Farthing. our Penny Far- uh, our. Yeah, mm. after going there the other that night, was really fucking it was good. it was good, but it was also really comfy. The best. <laughs> yeah, I've never been in such comfort in a restaurant. I know before. they were out of tables, the so we sat is, on the couches in the patio. The penny farthing is where I went the other day and was like, I would like this beer from the menu. They're like, Oh, we don't have that. Anymore. Yeah, I would like this other beer from the menu. Then, oh, sorry, that one's not on tap today. Okay, can I get this beer from the menu? Uh, I think so. Let me check. Yeah, you got no, that I'm sorry, one. You can't have, have that, that one, one, but it's a bit runny. It's like, all right, can I, <laughs> can I have any wheat beer that you have on tap? I don't care what, just any wheat beer. She's oh, like, yeah, the we, cat's eating it. We, we don't actually have any wheat beer at the moment. Um, and at this point, I'm ordering all, like, import beers. And uh, she's like, 
Well, you could try the Spy Hopper Honey Honey Ale. It's brand new. We're just trying it. So it brewed like a block from where our loading ready office is. And then it's like, uh, sorry, <laughs> and, sorry, we're actually out of that. No, one. they they <laughs> did have it, but I was not super impressed with it. All right. The best meal I've ever had in Victoria, bar none, is at a restaurant called Camille's in Bastion Square. Yes, I've, I've there, never right? been there. It's, yeah, it's damn. It's, yeah, if you want, like, this is not somewhere that you just go after work, but, mm. you know, if you've got an anniversary or something coming up. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's all uh, locally locally grown food. It's all organically farmed and whatnot. It is the most I have ever paid for a restaurant meal, ever. But it was, <laughs> but it was worth it. It the, was uh, fucking fantastic. Uh, uh, where, the, uh, where I go for special occasions in Victoria is um, the marina. Oak Bay Marina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oak Bay Marina. Yeah. Oak Bay Marina. It's really, really good. If you like amazing seafood. seafood yeah, yeah, like amazing seafood. It, you know, like it's like it's a really, really high end expensive restaurant, but it's the kind of place that's like, uh, if they didn't catch it, then we don't have any to serve because they don't they don't do farmed, they don't do like frozen, it's like fresh, like the like the guys downstairs caught this today, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really Really good, and uh, their brunch is astounding. Their brunch is crazy. The, the Sunday brunch is like, oh look, it's like three or four people just standing attentively waiting to make you the best omelet they possibly can <laughs> with like a table full of stuff. And you go, I want these things in it. Yes, we will make you an omelet with these things. We in will it. fucking make you that omelet. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Paul. I, 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 I was gonna say, uh, Paul late you. late night uh, or later night, delicious, delicious dinner. Uh, mint, the mint. Oh the mint, yeah. yeah. I'm not down, crazy about the mint. I really yeah, do not like the mint very much. Uh, you, Matt, but the, awesome. the great thing about the mint is that they're open to like two o'clock yeah. in the morning. So yeah. they're, they're, yeah, they're open really late. I'll all remember the time. that next time Kathleen and I are stuck without food, and one of us goes uh, Boston Pizza, I guess. Yeah, it's I, uh, yeah. I can take or leave the mint. I I mean, the mint. The mint, you get what you pay for, though. The mint is the mint is expensive. It's on the yeah. high end. Which yeah. best thing uh, what I love about the mint is that they've got it's like all dark yeah. and there's like you fan, you you feel like you're planning like the overthrow of the government or something because it's like it's like you're all gathered around this yeah. table and like this dark yeah it's, and it's under things. underground yes it's like an evil <laughs> lair all right um, before we cut up. this off uh, if you uh, if you are a fan of seafood but don't want to pay through the nose for it at the Oak Bay Marina. Nautical Nellies is still quite expensive. expensive. Still quite expensive. Like Thirty bucks. A Not plate. as expensive. Um, the Marina's like thirty-five. <laughs> I didn't say it was. <laughs> this is like one notch down. Still amazing no, Fran, seafood. Fran's Oyster Bar also fantastic. Mm. Yes, Fran's Oyster Bar, and it's not very. Expensive. It's not very expensive. It's true, but uh, I am taking. I am taking my mother to Nautical Nellies for uh, Mother's Day tomorrow, um, because I happen to know she enjoys it. They have a risotto that I especially enjoy. My mom usually gets the, like, strawberry cream salmon thing they do. I, uh, Very good. I, I actually had delicious hamburger at the um, the Pink Bicycle downtown. Did you try that place? Yeah. Is it's, it good? Because it's, it's new. really good. Yeah. The Pink Bicycle? Uh, Where pink, is this? Pink, it's, it's, right, it's on uh, Blanchard. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's got a Blanchard pink, it, between where? Uh, it's, like, right, like, sort of near the Red Jacket. Like, sort of, it's, it's, like, down farther from the, from the theaters. Oh, okay. But, but it's uh, anyway. yeah, it's it's they're, they're mostly open for lunch. Actually, it's weird. They, yeah. they sort of have weird times, but they all their hamburgers are like, like the stuff that's in their hamburgers, like a big huge list of like all the delicious cheese and everything that's on their hamburger. So, so I suggest it. We are now sufficiently hungry and going to go get some food and then watch uh, Star Trek. So um, yeah, uh, I guess uh, things I've pooped a um, um, videos uh, forum uh, blog. Yeah. 
Obviously. And I think we've all and just collectively pooped a cast. And now, now a poop cast.